Hey everyone, Tommy here, and this is Fighting Words. My friends got tired of hearing me talk about fights, so I did what everyone does. I started a podcast. I'm not an analyst, I'm just a fan of the sport, so expect some different takes and breakdowns from a different perspective. But enough about that, let's talk about some fights. Over the weekend, we had two different fight cards. The first one I'm going to talk about is UFC Fight Night, Ian Jacek versus Watterson. The main event, Joanna Ion Jacek versus Michelle Watterson, was a lot of fun. And overall, this fight card had some really cool fights and a lot of fights I didn't expect to enjoy, but I really did. And a lot of crazy outcomes that I didn't expect either. But let's start with the main event. Joanna versus Michelle Watterson. This fight really showed how dominant Joanna is. Her reign as champ was amazing. Then, of course, Rose knocked her out. And then, in the rematch, I scored it for Joanna, but Rose got the win. It doesn't matter. It's about this fight now. Watterson came to play. And ultimately, that's what cost her the fight. Joanna was able to keep her reach, land shots whenever she wanted to, and was able to stop Watterson's takedown attempts when they came. Except for one late takedown in the third where she almost got a submission, but Joanna got out of that. Watterson wasn't really in a lot of danger that fight, but she was being pieced up by Joanna and outstruck at every turn. And that's what Joanna does. She breaks her opponents. And she was able to do that to Watterson in a striking clinic for all five rounds to get a very easy decision win. And I think this shows that the Joanna of old is back, and I'm excited. But I'll talk about why I'm excited about that in a little bit. Our co-main event was Cub Swanson versus Cron Gracie. I'm so happy Cub got the win here. Remember how I said that if this fight went past the first round, it would be a long night? Well, that's what happened, but not for the reason I expected. Cron didn't even attempt a takedown. It's like Kron tried to get takedowns by getting Cubs back to the cage, but Cub never let him get the chance, so he never took a shot. This fight was surprisingly a striking battle, and it showed that Kron is tough, but he's nowhere near the level of Cub Swanson. But I gotta say, he can take body shots like a champ. Cub kept going to the body with those right hands, but it just never phased Kron at all. And that's insane. That should have taken every bit of his cardio away from him. Nope, he just kept going and going and going. Cub outstruck Kron every round, and on paper you could say, yeah, Kron lost every single round, it shouldn't have been a competitive fight and all that, but it was a fun fight to watch. It almost reminded me of Cub's fight against Duho Choi from 2016, which is one of the best fights ever. And Cub won the fight very easily, and it was easily fight of the night in an instant classic. Next up we have Nico Price versus James Vick. James Vick's move to welterweight didn't really go as planned. Nico rushed in, in and went forward while he did end up on the ground, Vic had full mountain every bit of the advantage. Price hit him with a nasty upkick. I mean, that upkick, oh man, I felt that watching it. 
and it just knocked Vic out cold. When's the last time we see an upkick that knocks somebody out? Most people try an upkick to stop people from having mount or just as a danger technique. Like, hey, stay away from me. This is going to hurt. But no, this one landed and it landed clean and it just sent Vic straight to the canvas. And then our next fight was Mackenzie Dern versus Amanda Ribas. I got to eat my words on this one. Dern got dominated in every single aspect of this fight. I was surprised that Ribas was able to get Dern allowed, get Dern to the ground, let alone to do work there against one of the best jujitsu practitioners out there right now. And when this fight was standing, she was able to hurt Dern, leading to a dominant decision win for Amanda Ribas. It was not necessarily a competitive fight on Dern's end. Probably the worst fight she's ever had. I don't know what happens after that because she could have been the next type train. So I don't know. And finally, I have to talk about this fight. Mike Davis versus Thomas Gifford. This fight should have been stopped in the first round. Gifford was in danger every single round and was not able to properly defend. Fights like this are career-altering and not in a good way. Davis finally got the KO in the third, but he t Gilford took, well, Gifford took two rounds of unnecessary damage. This fight should have been called off in between rounds by Gifford's corner. They should have thrown in the towel. They should have stopped the fight. But ultimately, this falls on the ref, Andrew Glenn. He did such a poor job with this fight. The commission pulled him from the Price versus Vic fight to prevent any other possible incident. I have never seen a commission pull a referee from a fight before. And this shows how incompetent Glenn is. He should never be allowed in a cage again because this is the type of situation that can kill a fighter. Not in a fight, but in a hospital after they took too much damage. And guess what? It's the ref's job to make sure that doesn't happen. He failed at that. If Glenn had done his job, we would be talking about how great of a fight Davis fought. Because it wouldn't have made it out of the first round. But sadly, that's not the narrative anymore. Hopefully, Thomas Gifford recovers from all that damage he took. Everything there. And hopefully Glenn never referees ever again because he he can't be trusted to keep fighters safe it it's just impossible and the next fight card to talk about was one championship had their one fighting championship century event their hundredth event over the weekend as well where its main event was a atom weight championship fight and the other two kind of featured events were the Flyweight Grand Prix Finals and the Lightweight Grand Prix Finals. So, I'm going to start with the main event. Angela Lee versus Jingnan Zhang. This was an insanely close fight. The first four rounds were very back and forth. Neither fighter wanted to give an inch. You could tell that Lee was motivated by her unsuccessful run at strawweight, and one of those fights was against Zhang, the current strawweight champion. Well... In the fifth, 
Lee started to get the better of Zhang, got her to the ground, and got the late round submission to retain her title and get that win. Which, in all honesty, I was kind of surprised about, but I'm glad it happened. Now, let's talk about the fight that I'm the most hyped about. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson versus Danny Kingad. This was Johnson's best performance in one so far. There was an early burst from Kingad in the first round, but other than that, Johnson showed why he's the best. He took Kingad down multiple times and was always attempting submissions or landing ground and pound or just landing strikes on the feet. Everyone seems to forget how good Mighty Mouse is until he fights. He will go down as one of the greatest of all time. He is now the Flyweight Grand Prix champ. I'm sure he will become champion again because what's next for him? He has to fight the Flyweight champion. Like that he can't just win that and then go back to fighting normal contenders and them try to say, "Oh, he's not the number 1 contender." Well, he kind of is. And I think he will win that fight, and I think it would be a fun fight. And then, next up, we have Christian Lee versus Sagid Gusin. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong if you're somehow listening to this. Lee took this fight on 10 days notice for the lightweight Grand Prix Final. But he's also 1FC's lightweight champion, too. But this fight showed two things. First... That he took the fight on short notice. His body did not like that. He even threw up right after the fight was over. And I'm pretty sure they caught that on air. And I've never seen that happen before in a fight. And second. That he's great. Lee outfought and outwrestled Gusin for all three rounds. Getting his back. Landing strikes. Attempting submissions. Doing everything he can. But he couldn't get Gusin out of there. It was more than enough to get a decision victory and win the lightweight Grand Prix title to go right beside his championship title. Now, let's play matchmaker for a minute. Here's what should be next for the fighters from the UFC fight night. We all know that Tatiana Suarez will be out for a bit because of a neck injury. So, I don't think anyone would be mad at Joanna getting a title shot against Li Zhang. Both are fat and explosive strikers. Zhang has power and Joanna has volume. Let's see who the best striker in the women's strawweight division is. I'm down for this fight. It would be a super fun fight. They would come forward and I don't think either one would want to take a step back. We would see Muay Thai versus power and I'm all for it. Now for Cub Swanson, he's still one of the best in featherweight. Yeah, he's had a rough losing streak, but all of his fights have been pretty close and entertaining. Why not give him another veteran who's really good but has had a rough time? Why not someone, I don't know, Michael Johnson? Who knows where that fight would go? All I know is it would be a lot of fun. Both guys would duke it out on the feet, and if it goes to the ground... Who knows what would happen? I wouldn't be mad if this fight got booked for a five-round fight on a fight night card for the main event. I wouldn't be mad if it was a prelim or if it was a co-main event. 
just sign me up for this fight, regardless. I would love to see it. And now, I'm not sure Nico Price needs a ranked guy yet, but why not fight Mike Perry after his nose heals up? I think Perry's timeline to return is early in the year. Would this do anything for the division? No, not really. But it's a fun fight for two guys who will just scrap. Like, I'm, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Who doesn't love watching Mike Perry fight? And then you throw someone like Nico Price, who we just saw, will rush, will come at you, and will just keep going? Alright, cool. For Amanda Ribas, why not Felice Herring? Herring hasn't fought in about a year and is a well-rounded veteran. I think with a performance that Ribas gave against Dern, she's ready for a step up in competition, and that step, in my opinion, is someone ranked in the top 15 who can fight wherever, not just on the ground. And Herring fits the bill for that perfectly. Now for the winners of One Century. I think Angela Lee will rematch Jing Nang Zhong. Like, they need to run it back. I don't know what weight class it will happen, but they're one and one right now. A rubber match makes sense. Plus, that was a really good fight. If they fought like they just did, those two could fight ten more times and have a different winner every single time. Now, Demetrius Johnson. He needs to fight for the title. So his next opponent will be current flyweight champ, Adriano Morais. I could say how this fight would be really competitive, back and forth, whatever, to try to hype it up. But honestly, Mighty Mouse will fight and dominate like he always does. He is one of the best ever. The fact that he didn't get an immediate title shot in one is crazy enough. But look at what he did this year in one. He fought three times in this Grand Prix, and he never fights three times in a year. I think the last time he did that was 2013. But he looked better every time. Yeah, you could say, oh, he didn't get a finish. They were all decisions. Whatever. No one at flyweight finishes a fight. They just don't have that power. So you look at his technique, and it's hard to deny that he is one of the best. And deserves that title shot. Now, Christian Lee. He called out the perfect opponent after winning. He called out the underground king, Eddie Alvarez. After watching that fight, I'm so hyped for that. Alvarez puts it all out there every time. And when it works, he's one of the most violent fighters in the game. So, we would kind of see technique versus violence. And I love matchups like that. One will break, and in this situation, I'm really not sure which one will. But I'm down to watch it. Now let's get on to some news for this week in combat sports. The first thing to talk about is Bellator Cross Ryzen Conference. Bellator is debuting in Japan on December 29th with the help of Ryzen. Scott Coker announced during this press conference also that starting next year, there will be 30 fight cards a year. Man, I'm going to be really busy having to cover these. The main event for December 29th will be Fedor Emelianenko versus Rampage Jackson. Do I really want to see that? 
No, I kind of don't. Will I watch it? Yeah. Fedor and Rampage are legends. Fedor is one of the best featherweights. I not featherweights, excuse me. Fedor is one of the best heavyweights out there. And Rampage is a beast. Why not just return it to Japan like it's pride and let's run it? I'm down. I don't really want to watch it, but I'm down. If they had told me this like 10 years ago, I'd be like, all right, cool. Let's get it. I'm hyped. But this, okay, cool. It's a thing. And also on that card, there will be three Bellator versus Ryzen fights on that card. And our next story. Remember how Cain Velasquez signed with the WWE last week? Well, now he has his first match. The WWE announced that Cain will have a match against Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at Crown Jewel on October 31st. I'm surprised that for his first match in WWE, it will be for a title. But guess what? It's going to sell. Kane is a badass and has a history with Brock. While I'm not really into WWE, I will probably follow what happens with this one. Also, Kane officially retired from MMA and exited the USADA testing pool. So, we'll see what happens there. And speaking of stars going to WWE, the lineal heavyweight champion Tyson Fury will also face Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel. Here's the thing. I'm a Fury fan, but I don't care that he's doing a WWE match, because let's face it, it's a one-off. Fury still has unfinished business in boxing with Wilder and the winner of Ruiz versus Joshua. And that's all I really want to see. He isn't a wrestler. Fury is a boxer. So this does really nothing for me, nothing for Fury, or the WWE. They get a star for one event, and that's it. Now, into the boxing world, Earl Spence Jr. was seriously injured in a car crash where he was ejected from his Ferrari. The report said he was traveling at a high speed, went over the center median, and flipped multiple times and was ejected from the car. He was badly hurt from the incident. I hope he gets a full... I hope he has a full and speedy recovery. No one wants to hear about something like that happen, especially when it's a high-profile boxing star when it's anybody that you don't want that to happen but when it's someone like him that's just national and world news and we're all behind you Spence hopefully you heal up quick next up Artem Lobov versus Jason Knight booked for bare knuckle fighting championship nine on November 16th I know Knight has wanted the rematch since the first fight ended in a decision for Artem but I'm surprised. This is kind of a step back for Artem after beating Pali Malinaji. I'm openly not a fan of bare knuckle boxing, but if you're going to try to build Artem as the face of the company, don't give him a rematch of someone he already beat so soon. Now for something that gets me hyped. Anthony Rumble Johnson said he is open for a fight with Francis Ngannou. In an interview... Rumble said that he expects to fight Francis, but not to get everyone's rocks off. The fight will be hyped, and it needs to be for something special. Can this please be his fight for the when he returns to the UFC? I'm down. Like, I would watch this for a pay-per-view. 
Rumble said that he wants to return in April, and the Stipe versus DC fight was his motivation. So if Francis doesn't have a fight by April, can we book this? Just headline a pay-per-view with it. I'm down. It would be huge. I think it would do probably about as well as Masvidal versus Diaz. We don't need a BMF belt. They're already bad motherfuckers. All we really need is just... Just call it the CTE belt. Because everybody's getting brain trauma everywhere when they're watching this. It's just how it's going to happen. Next up, Henry Cejudo said holding two titles is stressful. And knows that he's going to have to choose which title to keep. He said that the bantamweight one is more appetizing right now. So if he vacates, I expect he will vacate the flyweight one. And I think that's the right choice. He saved the flyweight division when he beat Dillashaw. Now if he can't defend both, why not vacate the belt and let the flyweight contenders shine with a fighting champion who can continue to build the division up? Robert Whitaker said he's aiming for a return early next year. He said he is still healthy and planning a February or March return. And he said he's lost before, and like always, he will return better than ever. And honestly, I believe it. Whitaker is a beast. I think he will probably fight one time and then get a title shot. Because he kind of deserves that. Santiago Ponzanibio is out of his fight with Robbie Lawler at UFC 245. There is plenty of time for them to find a new opponent for Lawler, so hopefully the UFC keeps him on that card and finds an opponent that he could make for a fun fight. But just saying, hey, UFC, call up Gilbert Burns. Like, he's always down for a fight. That would be a lot of fun to watch. I'm down. And final story for today. Hector Lombard signed with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Continuing the trend of older, losing MMA fighters signing there. Lombard hasn't won a fight in over five years, and has not looked good in his last six fights, where he lost all six. So, I don't know why he doesn't just retire overall, because this is kind of a weird move to me. Like, yeah, you hit like a truck, but you're bare knuckle, you're going to be fighting other people who hit hard, and you've been knocked out a lot. It's not going to take much to hurt you. So, let's get on to breaking down the fight night that's happening this Friday. UFC fight night, Reyes versus Weidman. The main event, Dominic Reyes versus Chris Weidman. This has Chris Weidman moving up to light heavyweight, but this is no tune-up fight. Reyes is a beast. He stood toe-to-toe with Vulcan Odes Demir beat Ovent St. Preux, and starched Jared Cannonier. But none of those guys are really as good at wrestling as Weidman is, nor do they have the championship caliber that Weidman has. I think this fight comes down to, can Weidman withstand Reyes on the feet, and can Reyes handle Weidman's ground and pound? I hope we see the Weidman of old, the guy who beat Silva twice, beat Belfort, and beat Machida. If we get that Weidman, it's going to be a really fun fight. Reyes is a big guy, but Weidman has a reach advantage that I think he's going to use to keep Reyes away until he can shoot for a takedown. This is kind of the first big test for Reyes, and I, but I think Weidman will win from a third round TKO from ground and pound. 
Next up, we have the co-main event, which is Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens. The rematch is set. This fight is more hyped than it was last month because of the no contest, and both guys are pissed. I think Yair brought out the dog in Stevens, and that's a dangerous fight now. Both guys will come forward and swing. Yair will try unorthodox strikes, but Stevens will throw with bad intentions. It will be a scrap. I want to say the awkward style of Yair gets it done. I know that's what I said last time. But after how everything went down and everything at the hotel afterward where they were going at it, I'm going with Stevens by second round KO. It It's become personal for them. Stevens is mad. Yair is mad. I think that the emotions will get the better of Yair and he will make a mistake. And Stevens will swing and swing hard and Yair will land on the mat. And then our next fight is Greg Hardy versus Ben Sosely. Honestly, I have no clue how this fight will go. I don't know really anything about Sosely. And all I really know about Hardy is his coaches say he's getting better every day. But I also know he's not really a fighter. He's an athlete. And by that, I mean he spent most of his time training for football. Not how to defend strikes or takedowns. But... I know he hits like a truck. If Sosley can get Hardy down, it'll be an easy win. But I think Hardy will start off explosive and get a quick knockout in the first round. And that's everything for now. Thanks for listening. And you can find the podcast on at anchor.fm slash fighting dash words or on podcast services. On Twitter at fightwordspod my personal Twitter at Nightwing593. You can support the podcast with a monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 a month. That would get you producer credit in the show notes by going to Anchor.fm/fighting-words. Until next time, I'm Tommy, and these are fighting words. 